Welcome to AJHP Voices, now comprising interviews on contemporary pharmacy issues and discussions with AJHP authors. AJHP is the official journal of ASHP. This is William Zelmer for AJHP Voices, speaking with two pharmacists who are authors of chapters in the 2016 edition of the Pharmacy Forecast Report published by the ASHP Foundation. This report predicts five-year trends that are likely to have a major impact on health system pharmacy practice, and it offers strategic recommendations to practitioners on how to get in front of those trends. With me are Kevin Marvin, who is an informatics pharmacist consultant based in Swanton, Vermont, and Edward Lee, associate professor, University of New England College of Pharmacy in Portland, Maine. Ed, I'd like to uh, have you focus on the chapter that you wrote in the forecast report on patient empowerment and comment for our listeners on, uh, among the survey results, those that you think are particularly important. Sure, absolutely. I think the most important survey result was item number two within the chapter, which reads, at least 50% of health systems will provide patients with decision-making support that is through mobile applications, health coaches, et cetera, to increase their knowledge of treatment options and help them communicate their preferences to the patient care team. And I thought this was important for a number of reasons. First, 78% uh, of the forecast panelists rated this as either very likely or somewhat likely. Uh, so we're talking about a high agreement with this particular survey item. Uh, the second is that because of regulations within the Affordable Care Act, this particular item of, of having shared decision-making support tools will be required in hospitals and health systems in the future. And I really see shared decision-making tools as one of the main drivers of the overall patient engagement process. And I think this will be one of the main drivers for changing the landscape of how clinicians really interact with patients and have them become much, much more involved in their decision-making process and, and selecting specific treatment options that make sense to them. And I think this is really important because few studies have actually shown that more engaged patients are within their decision-making uh, processes that can lead to an overall decrease in cost and utilization for uh, those indications that are preference sensitive. So for those reasons, I think that that was the most important survey item. You know, Ed, it strikes me that there was a related survey result that sort of undergirds uh, and supports what you just said, and, and that would be the uh, survey item dealing with uh, health systems having a standardized process for including patient preferences in their treatment decisions. Any comment on that one? Yeah, this one um, I thought was a little bit disappointingly low uh, in terms of 59% of the forecast panelists rated that as being very likely or somewhat likely, with most of uh, the responses coming in the somewhat likely domain, so that was 47%. So I think uh, there was this kind of split, almost 50-50 split in the forecast panelists thinking that it's uh, likely or, or unlikely which goes to show, I think, how difficult it would be to, to really standardize this. But perhaps in the future, after we get uh, some good decision-making support tools that we can wrap our hands around, perhaps this could be a little bit more standardized uh, in maybe the longer term. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Well, Kevin, let me turn to you. Your chapter uh, deals with data and technology. Uh, as you look at the forecast panel uh, 
predictions among the eight items we asked them. What do you think are the most important in your domain? Thank you. I think a, a lot of the, the questions were really focused a lot on performance measures and quality measures. And I think the, the one that for me is the question that states at least 25% of health systems will use a dashboard to report a clinician's performance on specific quality indicators in comparison to the aggregate performance of comparable clinicians within their health system. So I think there's a lot of opportunity here for pharmacy to be at the table when these indicators are described and can help pharmacy to push some of their initiatives forward and be basically a team player, not only in identifying these measures, but helping to increase the performance on these measures. You know, whether it be formulary type measures or other specific clinical measures. I think the other piece where, where pharmacy is, is very supportive on this is we have a lot of discrete data, which is very measurable data, whereas uh, many other areas within healthcare, there is not that kind of discrete data that can be easily measured. Well, you've highlighted the prediction relating to uh, dashboard on the individual clinicians' performance. There was a related item that dealt with uh, the pharmacy department performance in comparison with uh, other health systems. Any comments on the results there? Yeah, this is a case where I think there, again, is a lot of opportunity that we need to work amongst our health systems in pharmacy to identify some good performance measures on our, the clinical activities that we perform. Because ultimately, where we are going to show value is when we can show a measurable clinical activity and relate it to improved outcomes. That will be sort of the ultimate, in my mind, uh, of what we can accomplish uh, with these measures. Ed, let me come back to you. What you said earlier about uh, your view, the most important predictions by the forecast panel uh, dealing with patient empowerment, uh, what do you see as the implications for uh, strategic planning by pharmacy practice leaders uh, related to this result? Sure. I think most importantly is that uh, we need to be prepared. As these shared decision-making tools or systems uh, or processes get incorporated or become available to us, we really need to think about how does it actually get incorporated into the day-to-day -day workflow. Uh, so, for example, if you have a shared uh, decision-making tool for a specific medication, let's say a chemotherapy regimen, or let's say even a expensive uh, medication for cardiovascular disease or something of the like, uh, how does the pharmacist interact with that tool and the patient at the same time? So would the pharmacist actually be walking the patient through the shared decision-making tool? Uh, would it be somebody else, such as a mid-level provider, uh, advanced practitioner? Would it be the physician doing this? So I think we really have to plan out how these actually would get incorporated into the medication use process, but also the workflow process. As these become more prevalent uh, and available, pharmacists absolutely need to become involved with this process, whether or not it's building the tools, uh, working with a th third-party vendor to uh, vet the utilization of that tool within the health system, or again, being involved in the, the patient aspect of it, of walking the patient through the tool. Kevin, I'll ask the same question of you. Uh, given what you highlighted in terms of predictions related to performance measures, uh, what do you see as uh, the most important strategic implications of this for uh, pharmacy practice leaders? It would probably be really focused around the first recommendation that we have, and that's really that we need to be proactive 
and ensuring ac accurate and efficient collection of data, but also being proactive in being at the table as these measures are developed and develop measures that truly are measuring the appropriate activities and ultimately can be related to the outcomes that we're looking for. And that involves bringing in the clinicians, the appropriate pharmacy clinicians, as well as the informatics folks and others to really identify what are the appropriate measures. Uh, we certainly in pharmacy have a long ways to go in terms of identifying clinical measures that ultimately clinicians and pharmacy can be accountable for. I believe that that's really an important piece that we be proactive in that definition. Okay. Well, I'd like to ask each of you to comment on the extent to which, uh, if you look at your chapters as a whole, uh, the extent to which the predictions and recommendations in these two domains, again, we're dealing with uh, patient empowerment and data technology, uh, the extent to which uh, there's overlap in the, the recommendations and sort of the implications for practice leaders in these areas. Uh, starting with you, Ed. Yeah, sure. I think this area of patient empowerment is very related to data and technology. Uh, again, going back to the specific example of the shared decision-making tool, that absolutely needs to be incorporated seamlessly into the electronic health record in a number of ways. So just to give you an example, one of the prototypical shared decision-making tools that we had, it's probably about 10, uh, maybe 15 years old at this point. It's called Adjuvant Online. It's not available right now. It's undergoing some revisions. But uh, this was a tool that we used to plug in some patient-specific data, and uh, it would give uh, patients the specific odds of cancer recurrence uh, if they chose chemotherapy or something else. And what I could envision one of these days is a clinician going into electronic health record and when the clinician chooses a treatment plan that includes chemotherapy, this decision tool would automatically pop up using the patient-specific data to populate the model and uh, there would be some sort of consent form perhaps where uh, the clinician would have to walk the patient through this particular tool before treatment can be ordered. So, you know, I think there's ample opportunity to incorporate these types of tools into uh, these systems. I think that's the dream. The other aspect of this is that we always want to monitor whether or not these programs are successful, whether or not the use of shared decision-making tools and processes are successful, and the ability to collect data on, on specific outcomes will be much more robust as we uh, go through the, the predictions within the data and technology chapter. Kevin, uh, do you have anything to add in terms of the interconnectedness between uh, these two areas with respect to uh, future trends and uh, strategic implications? Yes, I see that we have especially with regards to meaningful use indicators, have focused a lot within the hospital around meaningful use indicators around VT, prophylaxis, ischemic stroke treatment, and other types of measures that are within the hospital. But the, the future around the direction and the best use of the technologies at hand is to involve the patient in these activities. And so there is a lot of meaningful use requirements around tools to involve the patient, just as Ed described and that will eventually evolve into is measures of the patient and patient satisfaction and outcomes as reported by the patient and how pharmacy can, can impact those outcomes and how the patient relates to their healthcare system and to pharmacy. 
So I think there's a lot of opportunities there for involvement in the types of activities that Ed described, as well as measuring the results of that involvement. Very good. Well, the uh, ASHB Foundation's Pharmacy Forecast Report is now in its fourth edition. I'd appreciate any perspectives each of you has on the report's value in strategic planning by health system pharmacy departments. Ed, how would you comment on that? Yeah, I think this provides leaders with some more explicit published information to support their strategic initiatives. I know this type of information is typically hard to come by, especially when you're trying to justify moving in a in one particular strategic direction. And I think this report is fantastic in terms of giving health systems leaders and pharmacy leaders some actual data and evidence to support moving in, in a particular direction. And I think one of the hardest things to do for leaders is to do that external scan because one of the things that we do is we focus on the internal operations and uh, we focus on our immediate concerns. And it's tough to really take that time to sit back and think about things globally. And this is what that report does for you as, as a health system leader. Kevin, what would you add? Yeah, I would agree with that as, as well as I see it's really a way to take a bunch of experts together to identify with the trends and validate that that is the, the direction of the trends. So as a leader within your organization, you aren't looked at as just providing one opinion to direct where the organization should be putting their efforts, but you have the collective thought of, of many experts to help you in, and support you in the direction that you are hoping your, and actually pushing your organization to go. And I think that helps a lot, especially with regards to the development of measures and how to best use all the data that's available to us now. This has been a discussion with two of the authors of chapters in the 2016 edition of the Pharmacy Forecast Report, published by the ASHB Foundation. Kevin Marvin, an informatics pharmacist consultant, has discussed his chapter on data and technology. And Edward Lee of the University of New England College of Pharmacy has been speaking about the chapter on patient empowerment. The Pharmacy Forecast Report, which is an environmental scan for use in strategic planning by health system pharmacy departments, is freely accessible on the web. Go to www.ashpfoundation.org. This is William Zelmer. Thank you for listening. That concludes this interview. For more information about AJHP, please visit www.ajhp.org.